0: A B C A always B B C closing always be closing.
1: Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Scared Money Don't Make Money. It's your boy Roy, and of course, as you can all see, we do not have your boy Cam with us. He is currently doing some training, uh, making sure everybody's safe and sound. So, but we do have Miss Deborah and Alex with us today. And they're going to provide us with some information. So say everybody, say hi. Say hi. Hi. Yeah. (laughs) So. Oh, yeah. So we definitely appreciate you taking the time out to discuss some things with us. Uh, We're going to talk about some resume writing, uh, whether you're transitioning from the military or just trying to figure out what you're going to do for your next step. They're here to help us and provide some insight for us on what we can do to be better. Um, A lot of, like we always say, we're gonna talk about a lot of different things, psychology, sales, recruiting, um, just to be a better person to make sure you can grow. Um, So I'm going to turn it over to, of course, ladies first. uh, Let Miss Deborah tell us a little bit about herself and what she's been doing and how she got to the point that she's at today.
2: Hey everyone, I'm Deborah Boggs. I'm a co-founder of DNS Professional Coaching, and uh, we, uh, the majority of our work is to help executives get ready for their job search, so that's executive resume writing, LinkedIn profile optimization, uh, you know, some interview coaching, some things like that. So I work with uh, people all over the world, kind of um, getting all of their career documents and their career story together and their professional branding. Um, and I have partnered with Alex for a number of years on a lot of client projects. He and I worked really closely together, so I was excited um, to have him join us today, too, so I'll let Alex introduce himself as well.
0: Sure, so I'm Alex Logan. I've been a certified professional resume writer for four and a half going on five years now. Um, I ended up in it thanks to my time in the military, so I spent 12 years total. I have from 2007 to 2012, I was an active duty MP in the Marine Corps. Got out, and from 2013 to January of this year, I was in the Army National Guard, first as a cavalry scout and then as a public affairs specialist. Um, during my transition assistance program class, I had to go to before I left active duty. It's a but those of you that have made that, at least when I went through, it was a week long course where they basically fed you from a fire hose as I to all it. the information that you needed in order to get out. And part of it was how to write a resume. And so I, I took what I had learned there and I saw some success both during my transition as well as shifting from the private sector to working for the federal workforce. Um, came back to it after I finished my graduate degree for my first one um got my certification and then i've been working with deborah ever since wow that, that is a... uh, and
2: alex has a day job too so we'll let him kind of talk a little bit about that real quick he's he wears a ton of hats i don't know how anyone fits more into a day than alex logan i swear to god everyone <laughs> just like want his productivity tips
0: so I, I drink a lot of coffee that's the answer deborah is coffee Um, yeah, so full-time I work for one of the government's bank regulatory agencies as a bank examiner. So I go in and I evaluate community banks for their compliance with consumer protection laws, anything from, um, your disclosures for your checking account, making sure that that's all correct to the point of doing a deep dive into somebody's, um, you know, residential real estate loan. They purchased a house, making sure that all the calculations are correct. All the disclosures that they got um, are at, uh, meet all the requirements of federal regulations. So I do that. I've kind of cut back a bit on the resume writing because, like Deborah said, I, I sometimes bite off more than I can chew, and I'm actually in law school right now on top of everything oh. else.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the the success the successful transition from military to all of the other things um Alex is an expert in so I thought he'd be a great uh great person to have on this.
1: Yes, that that is awesome and honestly so one of the biggest things for a lot of people who wear like you said a lot of different hats um I actually want to ask you a question about time management and planning because I mean I know coffee does the trick but <laughs> how do you fit all of that as far as your day because that that's a lot of time management like sometimes it's hard for me just iron clothes and listen to an audible at the same time so how do you manage to read law books and be a bank examiner and your other things all in the day like I'm actually really curious now like do you have like a a magic you, wand
2: about Alex publicly, um, and the three kids. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. So, mind blown even more. Like, I, again, <laughs> I struggle with one and two children, so I really have to hear this trade secret. If you have one, you gotta have one. I, coffee, I get it, but um,
0: I, I think the biggest thing is self care and it's finally the last six months to year i've realized you know when you need that 10 15 minute break getting up and going for the walk and for me it's it's changed from listening to you know a political podcast whatever the case may be to now it's okay i'm going for a walk and i'm putting on an outline for the particular law course that i'm going through just to try and reinforce that or listening to something that has to do with my full-time work so it's a lot of balancing while still trying to do the, the self-care. I'm
1: trying to think how to do that. Um, I will like, do you use like a planner or anything like that? Like do you use like outlook or thing like calendar like, do you like use like any type of program to help keep you on track?
0: So I, I'm a little, I guess, old school in that I use Excel and I actually break down my day from when my day normally starts with just, pretty early to when my day ends. And it's just that way I'm able to look at, okay, these are the the set hours that I have to do for work. These are where my classes are. These are everything else that my family has going on. Where can I fit everything else? And then just piecing it in as I can and then adjusting as, as required when things come up that weren't originally planned.
1: Gotcha. Okay. Okay. I'm taking notes because I need to do a lot of that myself. Um, try Excel. I really, I can put formulas in, but I don't think I can do all that stuff that you just did, but I'll try. I'll try. What about you, Miss Debra? How, how do you break down? Cause from what I understand, you have a lot of things on your plate as well, and you do a lot of different things. So what are the different things that you do that make up your day?
2: Yeah, so um, I do uh, run this business full-time, so my, um, you know, full-time focus is client work and, you know, building the business and working with partners um, and uh, like Alex and things like that, and so a couple things I do, I love, and I'll show it to you for those of you that can see me, um, the the productivity planner by Intelligent Design, um, I think is who does it. Yeah, anyway, you can see it on uh, Intelligent Change. I lied. Um, anyway, I love this planner. It wor- it's um, it's it got six months of planning in it. And so I've got it for, uh, I think I'm on like my fourth one. I use it religiously. It helps me plan my day on, um, on the Pomodoro technique. I don't know if you guys are familiar with it, but it's like blocking your time in 25 minute increments. So 25 minutes of deep work, get up and walk around for five minutes or take a break or look at your email or whatever. Um, And then you can plan it, uh, and so then you can plan your day out by like the five most important things that have to happen that day, and then how many increments in the Pomodoro technique is going to take, right? So you can plan out, okay, so not to bite off too much that you can chew, because okay, here's your big project you've got to do, it's going to take however much time, and then all of these other little things. And I don't plan my day, like I, I don't set a timer for the 25 minutes you can, there's ones you can even buy that like literally just like flip over and it starts the 25 minutes. Um, I'm not that, uh, that um, disciplined with it, but it does help me not over schedule myself. Um, so I can see, you know, the day before I'm adding, okay, well, you know, now I know that that's going to happen, or I just pro- promised a client I would get something to them by X and such day. I'll add it to my planner and go, okay, now I know I've got to have time for that. So that things don't kind of fall through the cracks, because at any given time, I've got, you know, 20 or so clients in different stages of their projects. And so I want to make sure that I'm not Overpromising, Um, and so I'm a, I, my business is digital. I work completely online. Everything is online, but when it comes to a to-do list, I really love pen and paper. I like to be able just to jot it down while I'm on the phone with someone and really, you know, there's something satisfying about like literally checking off something on your project, you know, on your to-do list. Um, and so that is the one place I'm old school is I love the to-do list.
1: Uh, I am also old school when it comes to the to-do list. Um, mainly because I can barely work a computer, as you can see earlier when we were trying to get everything started. So that is why I also love me some paper and pen. Um, so, I mean, with with everything that you have to do as far as like your resumes, um, do you take the resumes that are given to you and you like not draw on them, but like, just go through them and rewrite them or do you build it from scratch do you work with Alex like just to collaborate like this is what I saw on it and what how can you walk me through that process
2: yeah absolutely um and Alex can definitely hop in here but I we typically you know whether Alex and I work together a lot on you know both my clients and then he also has his own clients and so you know we collaborate on my stuff and then he has his own stuff but Um, we typically rewrite resumes from scratch, um, by doing a deep dive interview with our clients, because especially if you're coming out of the military or if you, if you're starting a job search for the first time, um, or you haven't needed to look for a job in a long time, it can be really hard to really understand what your accomplishments are and understand what's going to be valuable to employer or if you're switching careers or switching, um, industries you know sometimes that it can be hard to do yourself and so we like to do an interview to really learn about the uh, candidate's background what they're looking for uh you know their major accomplishments stuff like that and then we uh will rewrite it anything to add to that alex
0: you you summed it up perfectly i've got nothing
2: because we found like you know whether you're going to do it yourself or or work with a resume writer um you know the the value is really you know understanding what your accomplishments are because we're not socialized as humans really to um and especially for any women out there struggle with this too of like you know bragging about ourselves talking about what we're really good at saying you know hey guys let me write down on paper all the things i'm amazing at that i want everyone to know about me like this was really uncomfortable Mm -hmm. and so we find that doing the deep dive interview and then rewriting for a client is a much stronger out outcome than it is if they just try to do it themselves because we you know we sell ourselves short a lot of times
1: mm, so i'm trying to think off the top of my head so have you been doing it for so long that you can like kind of off the top of your head throw out like some some things to place on a resume Like if like if I I gave you something like I was the top recruiter uh, in a unit of like 50 people, like could you take that in, write that into a resume? Uh,
2: Sometimes. I mean, we'd have more questions about it. But sometimes if, you know, I was talking to someone actually yesterday who um, had 20 years in the military doing a lot of uh, a lot of confidential work in cybersecurity. And Mm -hmm. so a lot of our interview was really hard because so much of his work was confidential. And so, um, but now he's got his first role outside, uh, you know, in industry, and he's not sure if what he does is really what this role does. And I, I don't want to disclose who he yeah, is and all no, that no. stuff. We're still yeah, working on um, I said, okay, well, based on your role, I'm going to build things in your resume that I'm going to assume you do. But if you don't do those things, let me know. We'll take it back out. I don't want to lie. Um, but be- based on your role, like these are things that typically is what is done. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, we can definitely help with that.
1: Hmm. Okay. And as far as resumes go, do you have to, I know you, we have to tailor the resumes to the individuals. Do you have to tailor resumes to certain, um, companies or organizations? Like if you know, you're going to send it to, I don't know, Wells Fargo, will that resume read differently if you sent, uh, sent it to like Boeing or something like that? Does that make sense?
2: It does. Um, and that's a great question. What we typically do, what Alex and I like to do, is a resume that is tailored to the type of job and the type of company, but that they can, and this is great for anybody who's writing their own resume too, you know, a, a resume that has a skills section. And maybe a job description or a a job title section that you can change out for each opportunity Mm -hmm. means that you can have a a base resume that you don't have to reinvent the wheel or rewrite bullets every time for a new company. You're just switching out the skills based on the job description. So whatever the high level skills are, you can pop into your like key skills area and not have to rewrite it for everything because we like to try to make like uh, foundational documents for clients Mm -hmm. rather than just Mm -hmm. one opportunity. That way it kind of has legs for other other roles. Any other suggestions on that, Alex?
0: So I think the only thing that I could think of to add is that the only time that we would build, like you said, a a resume for a particular type of company, federal resumes are a completely different beast than a private Mm -hmm. resume. Because they're looking... I don't touch them at all. I send them all to Alex. (laughs) It's just, it's a completely different animal. Um, You know, to have an eight to 10 page federal resume is standard especially for somebody that's had a 10 15 20 year career whereas for a private sector you're looking at two pages maybe three for some of those specialized roles whether it's a high level executive or you know somebody in the medical field or an attorney or something of that nature
1: mm-hmm. wow. eight to ten pages mm-hmm. But it it's like a, like, a, like a dissertation in a, in a way. <laughs> so it's the way that I go about doing
0: federal resumes for clients is that we identify the types of federal rules that they're interested in. Mm-hmm. So I'll ask for them, you know, go on USA Jobs and find two to three job postings for the type of federal rules. Now, when you look at it, federal positions have a code so, for example, uh, 0570 is a financial institutions examiner you know financial institutions examiner type role it 's very similar to an MOS in the military, regardless of the branch. Okay. So once we identify the types of jobs that they're interested in pursuing, then the question is, okay, they want to get their foot in the door with the government. Our next step is determining really what level are they the most qualified for. Because when you're talking about joining the government, if you get your foot in the door at a GS5, GS6, GS7 level, don't get me wrong, that's, that's wonderful. But if you're qualified for a GS12 job in perhaps a different industry or a different type of role within the government, and you've come in at a seven, you've eliminated yourself from being able to pursue that because of the time in grade restrictions. So you can't make that jump from a seven to
1: a 12 if that makes sense. It does. It does, it does, it does, it does. Um, it, it just, I know like there are so many different variations and like the differences between the private sector and the federal service. And it's just wrapping my head around all of those different components. It's like, cause I think one of the hardest things where a lot of people talk about is like the length the length of a resume so hearing that a two to three page which is the the third page is a stretch is okay um what determines how long the resume is like is it the job i mean and this talking back to the private sector does that determine what job you're going for as well on the length
2: yeah that's a great question and resume length comes up a lot um you know because i think you know, a lot of people hear like just coming out of college or just coming out of high school that you need a one-page resume. And then people carry that advice, you know, further down into their career. And, and a one-page resume for anyone who feels like they have to fit it on there, that's just not true for anyone who has any kind of experience where you're not fresh out of school. Um, one page doesn't give you enough ability to add, uh, you know, like keywords and enough like content for it to add, you know, enough context to your work. Um, so usually two pages is fine. I do say, you know, you don't you don't have to get all the way to the end of the second page. You know, a page and a half is completely appropriate, you know, a couple of lines on the second page would look weird, but, you know, a page and a half or so is fine. Um, it's just as long as you have relevant content. So as much space as you need to have relevant um, content that is adding to your career story is great. We need to remember, um, and it's probably different for federal resumes, uh, but for a, a resume for the industry, you don't have to include every job you've ever had. It's not a legal document. We don't want to lie, but you also can omit things that don't help um, or are too far back in your career or anything that's beyond 15 years. You can say early career experience and then just list titles and companies. Um, And so to do that, you know, two pages is usually enough. If you're in a field where you've got a lot of um, speaking engagements or a a lot of um, professional development or certifications or things like this, you can also have a third, you know, that third page can be kind of more of an addendum where it's got your education and some of those extra things. So, you know, that's usually what I see at the third page as being more about um, some of those, you know, ancillary items or memberships, stuff like that. Um, but that's that's kind of typical. It's two pages is fine. That third page can be kind of an addendum.
1: Gotcha. gotcha. Yeah. And I, by the kind of Tackle on that, I know you say a lot of things you do all now is digital. With LinkedIn, how important having up to date information as far as like your experiences and your education? Because I, I know that's what a resume is for. How important is it for LinkedIn? Is it important? Not important? Does it matter? What's your take? Um,
2: I, I think it's super important. Uh, Alex can definitely weigh in on this too. I think it's a, it's a really important part of the job search, especially as you're, you know if you're transitioning out of the military, industry uses it a ton and, and a lot of different um, you know, sectors use it a lot. Um, 95% of recruiters, you know, according to LinkedIn right now, are using it to source candidates. Um, and the other thing is when you apply for a job, a lot of times before you come in for an interview, they're going to look at your LinkedIn profile. And so your LinkedIn profile is your best opportunity to put, you know, your best foot forward in terms of, you know, your profile picture. You want to think about if you're going to have a LinkedIn profile, you know, think about your profile picture because that's how you're going. You know, that's your first ability. It's your first chance to have a first impression. Mm -hmm. So make sure that's kind of how you would walk into the interview. Um, And then, you know, the LinkedIn profile also gives you a little bit more room to add more context to your work, a little more personality, because in a resume, you don't have a lot of room to do that. But in LinkedIn, you can kind of build out more about, you know, your your you know your past career, the work that you've done, why you're interested in transitioning to what you were transitioning to, that kind of stuff. You can have a little bit more fun with it.
1: I like that. I like that. And it makes a lot of sense. It makes a lot. And me tell my wife to work on a LinkedIn account. Uh, it also <laughs> helps
2: <laughs> it also helps if you're applying for jobs. First of all, there's um, as of the other day, uh, like a week ago, there were seven million jobs listed on LinkedIn. So it's a great resource for actually job hunting as well, like looking for physical jobs. There's also, um, it's a great opportunity as you're applying for work, either, you know, if you're applying online or whatever, you can look up on LinkedIn and find, you know, either someone in HR or someone you think it would report to and, and reach out to connect personally and share your resume. And that's a good opportunity for you to kind of get around just applying online and getting through the keyword scanners, kind of lets you kind of go in the back door and start a human conversation, depending on the size of the company. Any additions to that, Uh, Alex? Sorry, I keep hopping
0: in. Yeah, yeah. uh, (laughs) Yeah. you you covered it all there, You
1: have the next one. Yeah, I I know um, a lot of times now, um, like I know um, maybe for you, Alex, I don't know at that time when you were transitioning out of the military, um, it's actually part of TAPS when they're trying to help people build LinkedIn profiles. Uh, Did they do that when you went through Transition
0: uh, program. Yeah, uh, so I went through in January of 2012. So I'm sure that LinkedIn was around, but it, I mean that uh, was eight years ago. So I, I don't think it was as relevant as it is today. But I'm happy to hear that they are doing that. Yeah. Yes,
1: like they they um I know they give you get you like a premium account for like the first year. Mm-hmm. Um, so do you think that is a a big boost for transitioning military members? um to go through that program and now start to see like linkedin as being heavily utilized
0: definitely i think especially you know with them adding linkedin it's putting those transitioning members i think more on par with what our counterparts in the private sector already know it's trying to help prepare them better for that transition as compared to you know getting discharged, leaving, whether it's after four or 24 years, mm-hmm. you know, you're leaving and you at least have an understanding of, Hey, this platform is a great professional networking platform as compared to when I left, it was more of a, it's more of an afterthought. It was a, yeah, I created my account and then I just, you know, didn't see, I didn't know what the value was of it at that point. So I think it's awesome that they're including it in the, in the transition classes now
1: yeah because I, I know like when my wife again when my wife was transitioning now like she she came and talked to me like hey like uh, I gotta have a LinkedIn account hey you don't have one of those like I mean I, I have one because of what I do uh, <laughs> but it was just very interesting to to see that wow it's really becoming bigger um, are there do you know of any other type of programs outside of LinkedIn um, that people can go on to? as far as like looking for jobs and that's like heavily sought after. I mean, I know mm-hmm. like Facebook is like the, of course, like the monster of everything, not the monster in a bad way, but just the big conglomerate. Just um, the Facebook, yes. And then like LinkedIn is like the business conglomerate, but you have those other um, social media sites that are kind of, they're good too, but they're just not as big as those two. Do you know of any others? Deborah, I've got a punt to you. That's outside of my wheelhouse. <laughs> you know,
2: I feel like there's so much. Um, that's a really great question. You know, I really niche down into LinkedIn um, because there's just so much you can do in terms of growing, you know, your professional network and really nurturing relationships there and things like that. That I feel like, you know, if you don't have a ton of time to spend on it, really focus mm-hmm. on LinkedIn. Um if yeah, you right. have some more time and want to get wild and crazy, um, you know, following companies that you're interested in joining on Twitter, um, following their uh, their um, executives and things like that on Twitter are helpful because you can stay up to date on company news and that okay. way, you know, you can kind of um, maybe then circle back into LinkedIn and, you know, send a message saying, hey, I just saw blah, 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 blah. That's really interesting. Um, I, having said that, I don't do it myself. Like I said, I really niche down into LinkedIn. But there, you know, following on Twitter doesn't hurt. Just kind of stay apprised of what companies that you're interested in are doing or the industry. Staying mm-hmm. up on industry news. Um, but no, I mean, you know, I think the job search in general is such a such a big hairy monster that it takes up so much time. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. That it really, you know, I suggest, you know, if you're going to spend your time in a social network, really. Sp- spend it in LinkedIn of, of connecting with people in either roles that you'd like to move into um, or, you know, types of jobs or companies or industries, you know, reach out for informational interviews and just, you know, you're not asking anything of them other than maybe 20 minutes of a virtual call and just talk through like, hey, what do you do? How do you, how do you do it? Like, I'd love to know more about your work and things like that and just start genuinely connecting with humans. Um even, you know, during times now where we're not really meeting for coffee or things like that, you can still have a virtual yeah. call. Um, and people are definitely willing to help, especially as you're transitioning. I think, you know, leveraging that a little bit of, uh, you know, just saying, you know, you know if, if people are transitioning out of the military, just saying, hey, you know, I really would love to learn more about the work that you do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, yeah. so I think there's a lot of things you can do on LinkedIn beyond just having a profile of really connecting with other people. Uh, I, I mean, uh, Cameron and I met on LinkedIn. No. so otherwise you know um and and he did the same thing reached out and said hey i'd love to learn more about your work and things like that and we had a call and now you know now there's a connection there so i would say really spend time on human connection
1: nice 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 i i like that Oh, uh, Alice, would you like to chime in on that um what she just said again she she <laughs> took the cake on it i've got
0: nothing else <laughs> I, I mean i mean i don't I, you know she went over and over you know The fact that you can actually, it's a professional place to build that relationship, especially for those folks that just got out or just getting ready to transition, you know, they're able to start having those conversations and just building an even more solid plan for when they do leave and when they make that leap to the private sector.
1: I got you. I got you. Yeah, it's, I think my time on LinkedIn, um, I haven't been on it as much as I used to. Uh, but I can understand how important it, it can be. Uh, I know many a times when I will meet people, they wouldn't have a business card on them, but they'll be like, Oh, no, just think, just shoot me a LinkedIn, uh, request. And I like, <laughs> I'll, I'll hit you back. I'll like, really? I'll do it. in maybe 45 minutes to an hour later, bing. I'm like, wow. Like, so it, it, to me, I like it, especially if you don't have business cards on your person's on a regular basis. Um, just shooting at LinkedIn. Like, I, I love it. Like I, I tell my guys to use it all the time. So, um, okay, hold on. Let me look at this time real quick. I told you all 30 some odd minutes, and I don't want to go over your time because you're in Maine and you're in central Texas. It's raining down here in Florida. So, I, I need some cold weather. It's, <laughs> I, I don't like it. Uh, so, before I let you all go, though, Cam like to ask this question all the time because it's the name of our podcast. Uh, So I have to ask you this question. What does scared money don't make money to you? That's that right? Scared money don't make money. Scared money don't make money. What does it mean to you? And who would like to go first?
0: You know what? I'll go ahead and I'll go first. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Yeah, no problem. So looking at, my career since leaving the military, the one professional regret, if I can narrow it down to one is that I worked for a defense contractor right after I left, mm-hmm. um, we ran into the situation. This was back in, you know, 2012, 2013, when you're talking about sequestration, budget cuts and this, that, and the other, I had a job that I was really good at, mm-hmm. you know, And it set me up for the success that I have today. And had I stayed in that job, I think I would be even further ahead in my career. The thing is, though, is that my department had lost 40% of its personnel in the year that I had been in that department. And an opportunity Mm. came up within the company in a different division that paid a little bit more money. But the reason that I took it was because I was scared. And that job that I took was guaranteed by the contract that we had. Whereas the job that I had started with, with that uh, defense contractor wasn't guaranteed by contract. Mm. And looking back at it, so scared money don't make money. The only reason I took that job was out of fear. Fear Mm. that I was going to lose the job that I had in the first place. But looking back at it, my next few steps in my professional evolution wasn't that next step up, but I went from a job that I was okay at to a job that quite frankly, I utterly detested. Mm. And so I went from a, what's that next step up to where's my next step out. And it wasn't until about three, four years ago, I finally got back on that career trajectory of, okay, I'm not afraid anymore. What's my next step up, and I'm not going to make that move until I have found that next step up, and until I'm completely comfortable with that next
1: step up. That is a great answer. That is a great answer, sir. That that man, that is ooh, that deep. I felt that one. <laughs> uh, I felt that one. Like I really did. Like that's uh, man. That man. Uh, I lost what, Deborah? I mean, you, hey, that's oof. You coming? You coming up in the? room. I'm sorry. I, that's that's a tough one. That's a tough one to follow. But I know, I know you got it. You got it.
2: Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> so I, uh, without telling you all of the history of my life, um, I. Uh, long story short, uh, my husband is a stay-at-home dad because in 2015 he had some health issues had to be home for a year and we'd always planned um that he was a he was a union pipe fitter and i worked for i worked with the universities um and we'd always planned like you know he'd be the breadwinner blah blah blah. i would you know do my thing with the universities didn't have to make much money but you know i liked my work yada yada well anyway in 2015 he got sick and was home for a year 2014 i don't remember anyway um and during that time, we had to make all of the hard decisions to, like, figure out how to make it on one income. And so I took a step up in my career because I had just kind of been hanging out in the background, raising our family. And, um, and he really took that time to, to be with the kids. Anyway, blah, blah, blah. A year later, he could have gone back to work, but now we'd already had to make all those decisions to work on, you know, to make life work on one income. And, um, and during that time, I had started... Resume writing on the side, so I was working um, a corporate job and then I was also doing resume writing on the side. I was, I enjoyed it a lot, um, and it was kind of starting to snowball where I was getting a lot of clients um, and things like that. And we kept thinking like, what could we grow the business into if I could focus on it full time? But it was terrifying because it was like, well, but we already, you know. we have a family structure now set up that works really well. To have my husband um, working from or staying home with their kids, mm-hmm. and so, you know, I have to like it is my only income. And at the time, I was making good money um, in my corporate job. And so I thought, okay, if I if I leave this to see what we could make or what we could make the business into, um, you know, it's a gamble. It, it, you know, and at the, at the time we lived in Indiana. Um, and we wanted to move to the coast of Maine, which we did fast forward, um, you know, moved uh, several years ago. Um, but we, you know, it was kind of scary. So we had a couple years of, you know, not making a ton of money on my side business, mm-hmm. resume writing, because it didn't have time, right? Working full-time and all that, Alex totally knows. Um, but uh, But we decided to quit my full-time job, sell our house we'd had for a decade and move to Maine all in the same, uh, span of like a month and a half and think, okay, it either has to work and we do well, or, uh, we come back completely broke in a year with our tail between our legs and act like it never happened and never speak of it again. (laughs) And, uh, and it worked and we make more money now together, uh, you know, than we would have ever made in the, you know, working for someone else. So we do really well. Um, you know, our kids are happy, you know, cause my husband still stays home full time. And, uh, and it, and it worked. It was a huge leap of faith and scary. And I, I don't know how we did it. Um, and it was a super long story, but um, you know, making the leap of faith and having a partner who, who trusted me enough to allow me to make that leap of faith kind mm-hmm. of involved all of us was, was huge.
1: Nice, nice, great save. Great save! <laughs> great save! Both, both, both—great answers. Um, I, oh, honestly, great answers from both of you. Uh, I, I can't thank you enough for taking your time out to meet with me, um, uh, to have this discussion. Um, if you're out there listening, please, please, please don't that that leap of faith, um, and just. Having that optimistic view, sometimes the only person that's going to have it is is you um, or your significant other. Um, so just always bet on yourself when, when you when you feel down and out. Uh, bet on yourself. Uh, it's very very important because uh, you don't. Sometimes it's just you, uh, Deborah and Alex. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank, you. thank you. can't thank you enough. Thank you. And uh, to <laughs>
2: the listeners, if you reach out on LinkedIn, um, connect with us. And I have some resources. I'm happy to share some resume templates, kind of walk you through step-by-step that you can download for free. So I'm happy to help in any way that I can.
1: Okay. Um, Alex, do you have anything uh, put in there as well, like any, for anybody to reach out to you if they need resume writing if assistance? They're, they're
0: anybody's help is more than welcome to reach out, even if they just have a question, you know, whether it's how to phrase military jargon. Or, you know, no. what's it like to try and break into the federal sector? You know, reach out on LinkedIn, shoot me a message. I am more than happy to, to carve out 10, 15 minutes to have that talk.
1: Gotcha. 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 Well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. That will be a wrap for our latest episode of Scared Money Don't Make Money. If you got questions about resume writing, you got Miss Deborah, you got Alex. Um, reach out to them on LinkedIn. They They were gracious enough. To respond to us and have a discussion to help you all on resume writing and getting your experience up. So that's all we got for this episode. And thank you.